0: Helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges, this is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and award-winning psychotherapist.
1: Welcome, my name is Melissa Waggett and I am the co-host of the Life Transformation Show with Michael Hart. Dear 3AM, you witness my wildest thoughts and hear everything I wish I could forget. We have to stop meeting like this. Sincerely Tired and Sleep Deprived. If this letter to 3am from KC Graphics sounds like something you would write to yourself, I encourage you to stay tuned for this week's show where we're going to be saying goodnight to insomnia. If you're that person who stares endlessly at the ceiling, tossing and turning night after night, and you find yourself waking up tired and going to bed awake, I really encourage you to stay tuned. We're going to be covering a lot of tips in today's show about how to get a good night's sleep and how getting a good night's sleep can improve our health overall. If you're joining us for the first time, I encourage you to go to our website to learn more about this show and to listen to past episodes. To find out more about us, you can go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And to listen to past episodes, you can find us on our YouTube channel at Elam Counseling Services. While you're on our YouTube channel, I encourage you to hit that subscribe button so that you never miss a episode of our show. So with me in studio this week and every week is Michael Hart. For those of you guys who do not know Michael yet, Michael is the director of Elam Counseling Services. He is also an award-winning psychotherapist and he joins us each and every week to explore these valuable topics that can impact our daily lives. Michael, I'm so excited to be with you today, and this topic is of great interest of me. I'm always trying to look to get a little bit more sleep, so I'm really excited to see what tips you can give.
0: It's an important topic to me as well, Melissa, because I think there are a lot of people who will be listening to this show today who will be saying, yes, this sounds like a good idea for a show because this is something that I struggle with. We often see people at our mental health clinic who struggles struggle with sleeplessness and they come in and sleeplessness is so important because it affects other areas of our lives as well. So it's a very important topic, and we'll be covering some tips on how to get that good night's sleep that may have been elusive for quite some time.
1: And so when we talk about a good night's sleep, it it can be kind of, for me at least, a nebulous topic, because for some people, I have peers that will say, I get four hours of sleep, and that is fine. I am refreshed. I could run a marathon in the morning. And then I have other people who, they need that eight hours, or they need that Ten hours even. So with such variability in people's sort of need for sleep, it seems, how do I know when I'm actually suffering from insomnia?
0: That is such a good question, Melissa, because a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that a good night's sleep is a certain number of hours. But as you said, there is a variability in the number of hours sleep that is needed by different individuals. Some people might be able to get by on five or six hours sleep while other another person might need eight or ten hours sleep before they can have that feeling of being rested. So we differ in the amount of time. Time that we need to feel that level of satisfaction from our sleep. So insomnia or sleeplessness is measured not in the amount of hours that you sleep, but rather in the amount of time that you spend trying to fall asleep. So people who are, who are good sleepers who have no problem with insomnia spend or less of the time in bed trying to fall asleep. Insomnias, on the other hand, uh, can spend half or more of the time that they they, they plan to sleep trying to fall asleep. So, for example, just let's use the example of if you go to bed at 10 and you plan to get up at 8. A person who doesn't suffer from insomnia will not spend more than an hour, 10% of that 10 hour before they fall asleep. So 10% an hour or less for 10 hours sleep, you're sleeping efficiently. But for someone with insomnia, they will go over that. So they might spend two or three hours trying to fall asleep and not able to get that number of sleep that they they, they set out to get in order to feel rested.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's that clock watching phenomenon where you think time has passed and you look and it's been five minutes and it just keeps going. And- and keeps going and keeps going. So now that we have an understanding of what insomnia is, what are the effects of it? How can it affect my life?
0: Sleep is so important. Uh, from a psychological perspective or from a, a, a physical or medical perspective, sleep is that time when your body and mind repair itself. That's when your your body prepares for the next day. That's when your mind, through dreams and deep sleep, uh, work through some of the unfinished tasks of the day. And so if you are not getting a good sleep, then that means that your body and your mind is not getting the amount of time or the rest needed to do their tasks. And so people who don't have sufficient sleep will end up having physical symptoms such as irritability or they, they might have physical symptoms of tiredness where they just go through the day feeling groggy. and, you know, you, you need that 10th cup of coffee before you can actually feel like you're ready to start your day. But from the mental health perspective, when a person lacks sleep, then it also affects their ability to process things like trauma and to, to recover from adverse circumstances circumstances that they have suffered in life. So for people who get enough sleep, they give themselves uh, more of an opportunity to work through the emotional pain. So for example, when there is grieving, if you're grieving and you're not able to sleep for a prolonged period of time, it makes it difficult for you to get over, uh, to to grieve properly. But eventually, as people go through this stage of grief, they start getting more and more sleep. And sometimes people who are grieving too will sleep even more because the body realizes that it needs more time, in order, to, more sleep in order to, to get through this grieving process. So if you can't sleep, it also affects not just the physical, but also the mental health aspects of your life as well.
1: And so as we're talking about getting more sleep and getting more rest, I'm wondering if you can describe um, sometimes, at least this has happened to me, when I've really burned the candle at both ends and I, there's a puddle of wax in the floor and I finally get to a place where I'm going to catch up on my sleep and I dedicate some time. Why is it though sometimes where I do get that more sleep, I feel worse after? Because to me, it's sort of counterintuitive. I'm trying to get more sleep. And then you're saying sleep makes me feel better, but why sometimes when I'm trying to catch up, I just feel even worse after? Is yes. there a reason for that? There,
0: there's definitely a reason for that. So that's a mistake that a lot of people make that they they miss out on a good night's sleep and they go okay I'm going to sleep in on the weekend to get over this. But what happens is that when you do that you you affect your your body temperature rhythm that is necessary to cool down in the evening. Heats up in the day from the sunlight that sunlight that enters your high your your eyes and cool down in the evening as you prepare appear to sleep so when you spend more time in bed you're actually throwing out that throwing off that rhythm and so what you get is something that is very similar to to people when they travel and they go in different time zone and they get jet lag because right now what is happening is that your body is now thrown into a different kind of sleep cycle and it makes you it makes your body confused because now you've been you've you've been you've slept in for too long and now your usual time to feel drowsy in the evening is pushed back further and so you you go to bed at the same time and realize you just can't fall asleep everything seems off. And so you sleep less that night and you feel more uh, tired and drowsy the next day. So having that extra sleep is not necessarily a good thing.
1: So if getting extra sleep and sort of filling my sleep bank on the weekend isn't the best idea, what are some good approaches to begin to tackling insomnia?
0: That's such a good question, Melissa, because I think the the tips that we are going to be covering is so very important. And I think that the first thing to keep in mind is that you need to schedule your sleep time every day for the same time, whether it be weekdays or weekends, schedule it so that you go to bed at the same time and you wake up the same time. So so for people, and I'm speaking to especially people here who are struggling with insomnia or struggling with sleeplessness. For other people, they are able to vary their sleep patterns and it's not a big deal. But if you are struggling with sleeplessness, it is crucial that you set a specific bedtime. Calculate the number of hours that you need to sleep and the time that you need to get up in the morning, and work it backwards to to work out the time that you need to go to bed at night, and calculate it uh, down to the hour. So, in other words, if you if you work that that calculation, and you said, okay, I need to go to my bed at ten in the, at let us say eleven at night, to get up at six. AM then don't go into bed at 9 because if you start going into bed earlier than the time that you plan to go to sleep then that is one of the problems that can throw off your sleep patterns and end up with you having insomnia and not being able not being able to sleep
1: so when I get to bed, I'm supposed to do just that—go to bed. Yes,
0: it's supposed to be time for bed. So, so it's very important for you to to stick to that and make sure that you are not doing anything to the contrary of, of that. I think this, the second tip I, uh, too is to make sure that if there is a tendency for you to be in bed earlier than the, than the amount of sleep that you need, that you you find other things to do ahead of that time. So if you're used to getting in bed at 10 and you're up until 1130 before you actually sleep, and if you get to bed around that time, if you should fall asleep that time, it's okay. Don't go into bed at 10. Find something relaxing to do. Sit and read a book. Do something relaxing so that by the time you're ready to go in bed, you're already drowsy. Many people make the mistake of trying to fall asleep when they're, they're wide awake. So they go to bed, they've just done something very physical and, you know, they're sweating or they're they are hyperactive. And now they're saying, OK, I need to sleep. I need to go to bed now and fall asleep. Your mind and your body doesn't work that way.
1: If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show. This week, we are talking about saying goodbye to insomnia. If you've missed the first half of today's show, I encourage you to go to our YouTube channel at Elam Counseling Services and have a listen to it there. You can also call us toll free for a copy of today's show at 1-877-544 I also want to remind you about our Patreon page and how you can donate to this ministry to keep this show on the air. You can go to Patreon.com slash Elam Counseling. I also want to remind you about our upcoming healing retreat, which we'll go into a bit more detail later in the show on June the 7th to 9th. Space is filling up fast, so stay tuned with where we'll tell you more about how you can register for this important life-changing event. So Michael you're you're describing the atmosphere we need to make for sleep. So what I'm thinking for myself it's don't open the work email before you're getting into bed. Don't get yes. yourself hyped up probably for some of us it means putting the phone away and and just getting relaxed and calm before getting into yes. bed. Yes
0: and and that takes us into another thing that I wanted to talk about which which is Uh, stimulus control techniques. You talk about that phone that people will go to bed and they're checking their emails for the next day. What you're doing there is that you're not controlling your, your, your stimulus to sleep. You're actually stimulating yourself to to start the next day. So when you go to bed and you're reading the email from the boss that says, you know, I need that report from you by 3 p.m. tomorrow afternoon, and you go, oh, my, you know, I have to go to work tomorrow. I have to work on that report to get it out by 3 p.m. You're actually stimulating your brain to into activities. So you're not preparing to sleep. You're preparing for action for the next day and your mind gets confused. So I say to a lot of my clients, when they tell me their activities, their bedtime activities and say they're suffering from insomnia, we'll say it's no wonder that you can't sleep because what you're actually doing, you're not winding down to go to bed. You're winding up to start the next day by checking your emails by making your plans for the day what you're going to do tomorrow that's called winding up if you have to do something like that do it from in the evening like you know just after you you come home from work after supper you make those plans for the next day you don't make them in bed because you're creating uh, you, you're you're stimulating yourself instead of winding down to go to sleep so avoid situation avoid uh, things like studying or problem solving before going to bed or uh, for couples. I,
1: I was going to say, I'm thinking of our couple show, like having the quote unquote pillow talk that is yes, dear. Yes. I need to talk to you I about something. To to you. And it isn't fun, yes, sexy time yes. stuff. It is. Yes, that I, saw something on today. The, I
0: saw something on the credit card and, you know, I need to know where that spending is coming from. And this is the perfect time you're in bed, your head is on the pillow and you're about to go to sleep. And and then you need to talk about the credit card statement or the mortgage that's coming up for renewal. Mm-hmm. And it's not surprising that if you're having these kinds of deep, stressful subject before bed, that your brain is going to be activated and be preparing for action instead of winding down to fall asleep. So avoid those kinds of of activity
1: so so we've got our routine set we're reducing stimuli what happens though if I do get in bed I'm feeling drowsy and I have the phone off I'm not talking about the mortgage and I still just can't get to sleep what should I do
0: well one of the techniques that I would recommend here is that if you if you can't fall asleep don't try don't lie there and try to fall asleep. A lot of people will lie in bed with their eyes closed and they're not drowsy. You know, they're trying to force themselves to fall asleep. So they're there with their eyes closed, they're twisting and turning and you know, they're listening to their partner snore and, mm-hmm. and they're counting the sheep, all those good things. They're counting things. the sheep and you know, it's not working because one of those sheep is tripping over the fence. You have a very vivid imagination and you're seeing some catastrophe taking place, you know, with the sheep that's going over the fence because you have this kind of mind to worry. So don't try to fall asleep. What I what I would say is do something else. Get up out of the bed, uh, go to another room, take a book that's relaxing, or turn to you know our youtube channel where you can find something relaxing to listen to like sleep time music and listen to those music in order to to feel relaxed and then when you start feeling drowsy you you fall asleep but many people don't understand when you talk about drowsiness, what you are actually talking about? So drowsiness is when you start your body starts giving you signs like you are you are yawning. From 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 for for myself, my sign of drowsiness is I go to bed by reading, and when my book falls out of my hand, I I know it's time to go to bed. Right, my book has fallen on the floor; it's hit the floor, and I like okay, now it's time for me to try to fall asleep, but not before then. Right, and I am not reading some action packed novel or anything like that that's exciting my brain. I am reading something that's very relaxing and calming or or something that's theological that but that not nothing that I have to think too deeply about. you know those boring theological things like <laughs> destiny and predestination and things like that. Right? oh goodness. <laughs> you're getting really deep. <laughs>
1: And and it's funny you say the book, because for me, it's when I'm reading and I've read the same line three times. That for me is my side. And I'm like, that sentence, it seems familiar. Here it comes again. You
0: can't get off that paragraph. You keep repeating that paragraph over and over again. And so you go and you read. And then when you fall drowsy, you go back to bed. And if you can't sleep again, you do the same thing over again until you're really drowsy. But don't try to force yourself to fall asleep.
1: And so what are other techniques we can do? I know we've talked in the past about things like physical activity. Does that help?
0: Yes, physical activity can help, but there are some guidelines that we need to talk about when it comes to physical activities, right? And I I think one is that you can miss time or have the wrong time of physical activity in the evening before going to bed. So if, if you are planning to go to bed let us say at 10 pm you shouldn't be doing any kind of physical exercise within 3 hours of that bedtime so your latest your workout should finish at 7 if you're going to bed at 10, many of my clients who come in and I'm treating for sleeplessness, they will say, well, I can't find a fall asleep. And they will say, well, tell me a little bit about your, your nighttime routine. What do you do? And they say, well, I come home. I have supper at six. You know, I spend some time with the family. I put the kids to bed and the kids are usually in bed by eight. And then I go to the gym. You know, uh, after the kids are asleep, I go to the gym at nine and I come home and I try to be in bed by 11 and I just can't sleep. You know, I am up until 2 a.m. when I'm saying, that's it. Because right there, I realize that I have found a problem to their sleeplessness. That going to the gym in the evening, because for a lot of people... For all of us, when we have a workout, a physical workout, our body gets into this state, they call it a runner's high, where your body secretes these hormones that make you feel wired up and prepared for action. And these, these, these feelings take about three hours for your body to calm down, to cool down from that state. Exercise heats up your body. And remember we talk about the sunlight and how your body needs to cool down and so forth. So if you exercise and your body temperature goes up and you go to bed within a short time after that, your body is going to be too alert. Too, your body temperature is going to be too high to fall asleep. So you need at least three hours after your workout ends before you 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 go to sleep.
1: And so you've given us some really great, I think, practical tips so far in terms of establishing that sti- um, that sleep routine, reducing stimulus control, kind of planning your exercise appropriately. When you get to bed, if you're not falling asleep, just getting out of the room, trying to relax. If someone starts trying these things, how long can they expect for it uh, to take to, until it works? If I start this tonight, am I going to see results just tonight or does it take a bit of time?
0: It takes time for these uh your body to adjust to this new new technique. Okay, so for example, if you're if you are and something that we need to talk about too, Melissa, that I haven't mentioned yet, is the place of sleeping during the day and naps, right? So a lot of people when they go to bed at night and they can't sleep, for example, what they will do is that they will You know, if they get a chance during the evening, they come home and they will, let us say a lot of government workers, they're home by three in the afternoon. They'll go to bed for like two hours, get a sleep, then wake up, prepare supper. And then they say, Oh, you know, I can't sleep at night. Well, that, that's exactly it. The sleeping that you're doing is throwing your body off. So I'm saying that to say that when you put these techniques in time, it's got, In place, it's going to take time before your body adjusts to this new way of doing things. So, regardless of how tired you are, don't nap for more than 45 minutes. There are some studies that show that napping is good for your body. It makes you feel energized and ready to take on task if you get a nap during the day. There are some studies that show that. But what some people actually do is that they sleep during the day. They go for longer than 45 minutes. They, they sleep for an hour or two hours and then they complain about sleeplessness. So if you, if you take napping out out of your routine. Avoid sleeping regardless of how tired you are in the day. This routine, this new routine, this new way of doing things will force your body to become tired and to fall into that new pattern of going to bed at that time and falling asleep right away because you're going to be exhausted from doing the exercise that we talk about you're going to be drowsy from doing the kind of readings that we have, we have suggested and you're going to be be tired because you didn't get that nap that you you used to take that 2 hour nap that you you got in the afternoon and so all of these things combined together is going to make it work, but it takes time and practice. And another thing that I need to talk about when it comes to sleep is the the mentality that some people have where they go into this panic mode if they don't sleep.
1: I was going to say it's that you, you put your head down and you're already like, oh no, here we go again. Right. And it's that vicious loop in your brain of here we go again, here we go again, right. here we go again. How do you break that? So
0: I guarantee you that you need to change your thinking around sleep as well. So, okay, I, I can sleep. I don't need to force myself to sleep. My body will become tired uh, when, and and I'll be able to sleep when I'm tired enough. So that's why I say don't try to fall asleep. Get up and do something else, read a book." Until you become drowsy. But just before we close, I'd like to just say that there are exceptions to this, right? Of course, some people suffer from chronic sleeplessness where they haven't slept for years and they have tried many things and doctors have given them uh, sleep medication and even the sleep medication doesn't work. I'm not trying to minimize the suffering of people who are going through these chronic things. I'm talking more about your average person who struggles still are able to sleep somewhat but t- twist and turns in bed for hours or wake up during the night because of because of insomnia. It is for those people that these kinds of techniques will work.
1: So any final thoughts Michael for us to get a good night's sleep tonight? Well I like what
0: the psalm is saying in in, in Psalm chapter 3 verse 24 where the psalmist is say I will lie down and my sleep will be sweet. And this is my prayer for those of you who are listening to this show today and who are struggling with sleeplessness. Let me say these techniques are simple techniques, but they work. And so if you decide to, if you follow these techniques and stick to it and avoid the things that we tell you to avoid, you will, this will become a a fulfillment in your life. You will lie down and your sleep will be sweet.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. May that Amen. be true for our listeners today.
0: Yes, yeah, so I just want to remind listeners about the retreat coming up and the retreat will be June 7th to 9th at Providence Point in Lanark. This is a fantastic opportunity for you to get some time away to to work on yourself and to help your, your mind and your body to heal by working through unresolved issues in your life. That's one of the reasons for sleeplessness too where people have these unresolved issues that they whether it be guilt or whether it be things that they they are carrying this burden because they have been so hurt. This retreat is a is a time where you can come and you can deal with those issues. So if you'd like to attend this retreat, we have three spots left and so uh, this is not a sales technique. I'm not just saying this because I want you to hurry. And a lot of people have already registered and and paid. So we have three spots remaining. And the retreat will be on the 7th to 9th. And if you would like to find out more about the retreat, I encourage you to go, go to our website at com. Elm is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us at
1: one 544 3546
0: And so until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. And
1: Melissa Waggett.
0: Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.